the biggest mistake that folks make when doing this is that they have pre-tax IRAs sitting around and that will just destroy the backdoor Roth IRA strategy really quickly. You're listening to the Pilot Money Podcast, the show dedicated to guiding professional pilots towards a future of financial success and stability. Fly along with your host, Timothy P. Pope, as he provides financial planning insights and answers to your burning questions and dives into real-life stories from fellow pilots who share their successes and cautionary tales. The Pilot Money Podcast takes off now. Well, welcome everybody to another episode of the Pilot Money Podcast. This is another solo episode. I'm glad you're back with us. It's good to be back. Matter of fact, I'm glad I have my voice back. I fell ill for a little while and had to delay this recording as long as I could until I had enough voice to do it. And it's not all the way back, but it's good enough. And so the show shall go on. My name is Timothy P. Pope. I'm a certified financial planner specializing in the planning needs of the professional pilot. Today, we're talking about a topic that is all too common. Either you've gone through this or somebody you fly with has gone through this. And if you're early in your career and you haven't gone through this yet, you will run into this before it's too long. So today, we're talking about what happens when you can no longer contribute directly to a Roth IRA. Before we jump into the details, let's do a quick recap. So Roth IRA, it's an individually owned retirement account. You fund it with money that you've already paid taxes on, okay? And the key feature is that you will not have to pay any taxes on the growth of this account as long as you meet certain criteria. You know, primarily it's the fact that the Roth has been established for at least five years. And when you make withdrawals, you're making them when you're older than the age of 59 and a half, okay? We compare the Roth IRA to the traditional IRA, which is also an individually owned retirement account. And usually when you fund this account, you're taking a tax deduction at tax time. Now, the tax-free nature of the Roth is such a beautiful thing that the IRS has restricted who can put money into this kind of IRA. And the restrictions are income-based. And that's where you come in. Because as a professional pilot, chances are your income is too high to contribute directly to a Roth IRA, or it will be too high to contribute directly to a Roth IRA very, very soon. Now, before we get too far in today's discussion, I'm going to say this right now that we're going to get fairly technical in this episode, but this is by no means tax advice. So allow this conversation to guide you and to prompt you to start asking the right questions, but you must complete your own due diligence, okay? So usually pilots figure out that they can't contribute directly to a Roth IRA a couple of ways. Number one, you're working with an advisor who's helping you to track your compensation over time, and they're keeping a keen eye on your modified adjusted gross income because that's what precludes you from contributing to the Roth. Your earnings over a certain threshold And that threshold is set and adjusted by the IRS. So here in 2024, if you are filing your taxes as single, your ability to contribute to the Roth IRA is phased out at 146,000. Okay. 
and then completely eliminated at $161,000 per year of modified adjusted gross income. Now, if you're filing your taxes, married filing jointly, then your ability to contribute to a Roth IRA begins to be phased out at $230,000. And by time you reach $240,000 of modified adjusted gross income, you are not able to contribute to a Roth IRA at all. And so you can see why we want to track that number closely to see when we're going to bump up against that limit. The past few years with ratification bonuses, new pay rates, retro pay at the majors, a lot of pilots are are pushed out of being able to contribute directly to a Roth. And even at the regional level with retention bonuses and direct entry captain bonuses, pilots are pushed out of being able to contribute directly to a Roth. The other way that pilots usually figure out they can't contribute to a Roth is at tax time. So maybe you've already made the contribution and your tax person says, hey, you've made too much money this year. You got to get this fixed. And, you know, the reason that you want to get this fixed is that the IRS says they'll assess a 6% penalty on the excess for every year that it remains in the account. So if you make an excess and it stays in there for a while, that's going to be 6% every year that you don't take it out. And if you continue to make contributions, then that's going to be more 6% penalties because each excess has its own penalty associated with it. So when you learn that, you know, you've made an error, go ahead and take care of it. That's something that you're going to want to get fixed. Now, what you can do about it, there's a few things that you can do. The IRS has what I like to call oops mechanisms. All right. So there's ways to fix this. And there's two primary ways to fix an excess contribution. We'll talk about what those are and, you know, which method may be more advantageous than the other. One method is an excess contribution removal. And the other method is called a recharacterization. First, let's talk about the excess contribution removal. You know, it's pretty easy and it does exactly what its name suggests. So when you learn that you've made this contribution that you shouldn't have, you want to call your IRA custodian. That's whoever has your Roth IRA account. You want to call them up and let them know, hey, I've made a Roth IRA contribution, but I was ineligible due to my income and you'd like to remove that contribution. You do not want to just simply log in online and send yourself a check or send money to your bank to fix it, especially if you've had previous years of eligible contributions into the account. And here's why. When you call your custodian and you let them know that you have an excess contribution and you'd like to do a removal, they will do an earnings or loss calculation on the amount that you've put in. Okay. So for easy math, let's just say you put in $1,000 and between the time of that contribution and the time that you call them, let's say your account has grown by 10%. So they're going to take that $1,000 out, your principal, and that's going to come out to you tax-free, no penalty, all right? And then the $100 of earnings, as long as you fix this in a timely manner, you'll just pay tax, you know, ordinary income tax on that 100 bucks. all right? By the way, a timely manner is by your tax filing deadline plus extensions. Now, if you've put $1,000 in and the account has gone down by 10%, your custodian will still do the same earnings loss calculation. But instead of pulling out $1,000, you're going to get $900 back. And because there's no earnings, there's no taxable income in this case. So you want the custodian to go ahead and do the earnings or loss calculation. 
you want them to issue a 1099-R that's going to show that the excess contribution removal was complete. And that way, the IRS cannot charge you the 6% penalty indefinitely, right? Because that 1099-R, that paperwork is your proof showing that you fixed it. Now, you would want to consider doing an excess contribution removal when you have no intention of putting the money back into an IRA, right? So either a traditional or Roth. So as the name suggests, this process is, is pretty straightforward and it results in your getting the money back to you plus any earnings or, or loss attributable to that contribution, okay? The other oops mechanism or way to fix this is called a recharacterization. This one is a little less straightforward, although I think it's more interesting and especially if you have a use case for it, as we'll discuss here in a moment. Now, with the recharacterization, the IRS will allow you to treat the contribution that you made to a Roth IRA as if it had always been made to a traditional. The steps that you're going to take are very similar. You'll call your custodian. They'll do an earnings or loss calculation just like they did for the excess contribution removal. But instead of sending you a check, they will deposit that money into a traditional IRA. So if we extend our example of a $1,000 contribution and your account grew by 10%, they're going to move over $1,100 into a traditional IRA for you. If the account declined by 10%, they're going to move over 900 bucks into a traditional IRA for you. Now, just note that your 5498 tax form, the form that records your contributions to IRAs, will still show an original $1,000 being contributed. Okay, it's not going to change or adjusted by any earnings or loss there. Now, the benefit of the recharacterization here is that the money gets to stay inside of a qualified account. There's no tax owed on the earnings with the recharacterization. There's just paperwork, okay? You'd have the 1099-R coded that you did the recharacterization. This will also fix the excess contribution, okay, and avoid the 6% penalty. Now, in the context that we've been discussing these mechanisms, the recharacterization will not be useful to you to simply just allow the funds to sit in a traditional IRA. And here's why. If you are covered by an employer-sponsored plan, which means you have access to one, and your income is too high to contribute directly to a Roth, then it's also too high to contribute to a traditional IRA and get a tax deduction. Okay, if you are filing single in 2024, and you have access to an employer retirement plan, you'd have to make less than $77,000 of modified adjusted gross income for a full deduction. And that deduction is phased out between $77,000 and $87,000. Okay. If you're married and filing jointly and you're covered by an employer-sponsored plan, you'd have to make less than $123,000 of modified adjusted gross income, take full advantage of a deduction in a traditional IRA, and then it's phased out between 123000 and 143000 So because our Roth IRA contribution limits were already much higher than that for both the single and the married filing jointly tax statuses, you can see that if it doesn't make sense for you to contribute to a Roth directly, then it also doesn't make sense for you to recharacterize that contribution and leave it as a traditional IRA because you're not going to get a tax deduction. Now, Possibly, you could just be borrowing shelf space for tax-deferred growth. That's outside of today's scope. You know, that's like some level 300 conversations that we're not having here. 
So when should you use the recharacterization? The recharacterization is going to be very useful if you're also eligible to do a backdoor Roth conversion. So you fix the Roth IRA contribution problem by doing the recharacterization. So that money now sits in a traditional IRA and then we can convert those same dollars back to a Roth IRA. But this time, instead of doing it as a contribution, which you're not eligible to do because your income is too high, we'll do it as a conversion. Now the conversion does not have an income limit. Those were taken away in 2010. So the key is that you're going to want your 1099R to show that you did it as a conversion. Okay. So again, this is another call to your custodian, or if they have an online option, you could do it online. And here's where this works beautifully. If you don't have any other pre-tax IRAs laying around, so no traditional IRAs, no SEP IRAs, no simple IRAs, no rollover IRAs. If you don't have any of those pre-tax accounts, then this could work really, really well. And this is called a backdoor Roth IRA. Now let's talk about the backdoor Roth strategy for a moment. You know, what exactly is it and how does it work? So the backdoor Roth strategy is a way for people who cannot contribute directly due to income limits. It's a way for them to still get dollars into a Roth IRA account indirectly. So instead of doing it in one step, they'll take two. And here's how it works. So you make a non-deductible contribution to a traditional IRA. Okay. So now typically traditional IRAs, they offer a tax benefit in the way of a, a tax deduction for the amount that you contribute to it in that year or for that tax year. But as we discussed earlier, typical pilot salaries are higher than the income limits for traditional IRAs to get that deduction especially, I mean, when you have a a 401k plan. So you make a contribution to a traditional IRA, but you will not file the paperwork to take that tax deduction. Instead, you will move that money from the traditional IRA to the Roth and you will file the appropriate paperwork saying that you've done so. So you'll use the IRS form 8606 that shows a non-deductible contribution going to the traditional. You'll also file the IRS form 8606 showing the Roth conversion to that money going from traditional to the Roth. And ideally, while that money was sitting in the traditional IRA, it was sitting in cash. So it wasn't fluctuating in value. It hasn't gone up and it hasn't gone down. So it's not going to be a taxable event for you, although it will be a tax reportable event. And that's why the paperwork, you know, has to be filed. And that friends is called a backdoor Roth IRA contribution. Because although you make too much money to put the contributions into the Roth directly, there's a workaround. Now, I want you to be very, very careful. Because if you have any of those pre-tax accounts, traditional IRAs, rollover IRAs, SEP IRAs, a simple IRA, anything like that, then this strategy will not work for you. In fact, the biggest mistake that folks make when doing this is that they have pre-tax IRAs sitting around and that will just destroy the backdoor Roth IRA strategy really quickly. So let's talk about why that happens. Now the IRS, when they look at your IRAs in aggregate, you know, when you have basis or non-deductible contributions in your IRAs, the IRS will employ what's called the pro rata rule. Okay, so this means that every dollar coming out of your IRA, a portion of it will be pre-tax 
and a portion will be after tax. So I want you to think about it like this. The last time you made yourself a cup of coffee and you put a little bit of creamer in there, that coffee changes colors, okay? So then now every sip that you took after the creamer went in, some of that was coffee and some of that was creamer. And so that's essentially the pro rata rule. So with IRAs, let's say that you have $1,000 of pre-tax IRA sitting around, you want to do a backdoor Roth conversion, you open up another traditional IRA and you make a non-deductible contribution of $1,000. So now you have $2,000 sitting in a pre-tax account. Well, when you go to make that backdoor Roth conversion of $1,000, the IRS will say 50 cents on the dollar is going to be taxable. So instead of doing a nice tax-free backdoor Roth conversion, $500 will be taxable to you and $500 will not be. So that's pretty easy to understand with these numbers, but just imagine if you had several hundred thousand dollars of pre-tax money in an IRA and you're trying to do a backdoor Roth conversion of say 7,000 for you or 7,000 for your spouse, right? The result that you get is going to be nowhere close than what you intended. So what should you do if you have some pre-tax IRAs sitting around? Well, there's actually a number of things that you can do and Quite frankly, what you end up doing is going to depend on a lot of questions, right? It's going to depend on what your time horizon is. Um, it's going to depend, you know, are you early career? Are you late in your career? What your taxable income is? What your marginal tax rate is? What tax rate you expect to be in in the future? What the goals of these dollars are? Are these going to support your retirement income? Is this more of a legacy play for children or grandchildren, right? There's a lot of considerations, to determine you know what you would do. But here's a few things that you can do. And I do think that if you're early career, it does pay to take a look at cleaning up some of this. Um, so we can open that back door again. If you're late in your career, we certainly want to complete the due diligence to see if the juice is worth the squeeze for you. Okay. So our clients will tell you that I'm very fond of saying, look, we don't want to close the door on backdoor Raws ourselves. If that door shuts, it's going to be because Congress has forced it shut on us. So if you've got pre-tax IRAs that have come from an employer plan, like rollover IRAs, you know, from a, a previous job, a previous 401k, your current 401k might accept those dollars. Okay. And if they do, then that would clean up the slate for you and allow you to start doing backdoor Roths once those dollars are out of IRA status and back into 401k status. So Check your current plan docs to see if they accept rollovers. You also want to check your current plan to review the investments to make sure that you are comfortable with those investments, that you're happy with the way they're being invested and, and so on. And you know what kind of services you have access to. You definitely want to take a look there. Also look at the fees and so on before you dump money back into that 401k. So let's say the pre-tax dollars came from contributions you made yourself and are not necessarily from a previous 401k, your current 401k may not accept those kind of, of pre-tax dollars. A lot of them don't. So depending on the balances, you might look at converting some of those balances. Now, and again, I said might, because this is definitely a taxable event here. So converting pre-tax dollars is 100% a taxable event. So this is not something that I'm recommending that you race off and do, particularly if you have very large IRA balances. 
it may not be something that is worth doing it for you. So we, we just have to see. But if your balances are smaller, you could look at converting a portion of those balances or doing it over a year, a few years to clean that up for you. This is where the tax planning comes in. So make sure that you are doing the tax planning work before you start making conversion decisions. The last thing that you could do if you have pre-tax IRA sitting around is you could actually use the Roth feature on your 401k. Now, I want to make a distinction here because Roth and traditional really speak to the tax structure of the account with Roth being after-tax money and traditional being pre-tax money where you're taking a deduction now. So with the 401k, that is an account type. It's similar to the TSP for you military guys. And so that has a much higher contribution limit and it does not phase out your contribution based off of income to the Roth portion. So just know that if you are currently contributing to the pre-tax side of your 401k and you switch it to the Roth portion, that you will no longer be getting the tax deduction, okay? And again, that depends on your circumstances, depends on where you are in your career and how much taxable income you have for the year. All of these are questions that I would I would be asking and answering before determining how much pre-tax and how much Roth on the 401k side that I'd want to do. So thanks for hanging with us to the end. I know we got a little technical in this episode, but you know that's the whole point is to give you the information that you need to make the best decisions for you and for your family's financial future and, and your current financial circumstance. So this is something that a ton of pilots are going through right now. And if you haven't yet, you will very soon. You can play this episode back a time or two if necessary to help to help you know clear some things up. And if this has raised a lot of questions for you, give us a call. We're happy to help. Thank you for joining this episode of the Pilot Money Podcast. If you found this information helpful, spread the word and share it with a pilot buddy. Or if you have questions and there's something that you would like to hear discussed on the show, send us an email at pilotmoneypodcast at ceterrainvestors.com. That's C-E-T-E-R-A investors.com. For those of you who are ready to learn how we help professional pilots with their financial planning needs, schedule an appointment. The link is in the show notes. Until next time, keep the shiny side up and we'll see you on the next episode. Timothy Pope is a certified financial planner offering securities and insurance products offered through Satera Investment Services, LLC, member FINRA, SIPC. Advisory services are offered through Satera Investment Advisors, LLC. Tim's branch office is located at 5277 Center Drive, Suite 330, Charlotte, North Carolina, 28217. Branch phone number 704-717-8900. The views depicted in this material are for information purposes only and are not necessarily those of Satara Investment Advisors. This podcast is designed to provide accurate and authoritative information on the subjects covered. It is not, however, intended to provide specific legal, tax, or other professional advice. For specific professional assistance, the services of an appropriate professional should be sought.